Ready to ruffle some feathers? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been ready for like five years. But I'd be lying if I said I was just going to do it. All right, well. Without some uh, years <laughs> of thinking through it. So, so there, there, there you go, folks. Uh, if you didn't know, I'm already recording. Um, this is years in the making and not uh, not off the cuff, not on a whim. So um, when we make a statement like this, it is not unthoughtful. Here's the statement. You already know because you saw the title. Christian men, stop killing your family. <coughs> Christian men, Stop killing your family. So, let's unpack it. Let's unpack it. Um, we are going to basically try to take um, a, a pretty thoughtful, step-by-step, linear approach um, to taking a... a an idea that I think we're all in agreement on. Yeah. Um, and kind of connect the dots to be able to say that, Hey, there's a big issue that we see, um, as a problem. And we also feel called in to, to step into that problem. We feel called to that problem. Um, and we think that it's not only just, um, an issue of like, Hey, this might be good. This might be better, but we think there are actual discipleship and, um, there's discipleship implications of this to the point where we would say that this might even be a matter of obedience. Absolutely. So here's, let's, let's start with common ground. Let's start with common ground with uh, question number one on the uh, Westminster Catechism. What is the chief end of man? <laughs> yeah, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, it says. So within, I mean, within this statement, it's like, okay, this is kind of a great, a phenomenal starting point for really most things. It's like, what are we what are we doing? What are we here for? Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so boiled down into kind of these, these two main elements. Hey, the chief end of man, the, the, the reason we're here, the, the thing we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Right. So it's those two, two elements do these two things for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we're coming from a catechism which has some tr- tradition in it and we're, we're kind of standing on the shoulders of men who have come before and thought through this and studied scripture to come up with this, but we definitely don't want to miss any sort of biblical references here. So um, a few of the biblical references that um, the men, the divines, they call them Westminster divines when they came up with these um, kind of question and answers. Um, so Romans 11, th- 36 says, for of him... And through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. First uh, Corinthians six, verse 20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's um, Psalm 86, nine. Um, 
And twelve, all nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. So there's scripture after scripture. You can look um, Old Testament and New Testament where really um, there's this charge to be glorifying, glorifying God, praising God. That's the call of anybody created in his image, which is all human beings. Yeah, so I like um, that second one you read. I think it was the uh, First Corinthians one. So already, even in this, even in this starting position, there's a distinction of body and soul. Yeah. Right. So, 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 (laughs) Christianity, spirituality, religion, whatever kind of category you want to put this stuff in, this is not just. something that is spiritual it absolutely is spiritual it's not just something that is mental um we are embodied people that's a it's a very um distinct piece of what we believe about the world what we believe about what we're doing here that god made people people he made us of substance yeah we aren't just spirit we aren't just brains yeah. We have an embodied being so much so that he himself has an essence of himself that is Jesus, the embodied God. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> yeah, and this will get to, um, I mean, you can look at other just catechism. Really, any catechism has some type of, especially catechisms for kids, has something that says, um, why did God make you? Um, and then the answer is for his glory. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did God make? God made all things. Why yep. did God make all things for his own glory? So everything in God's creation is, is purpose is to glorify God. This makes me think of something I was listening to. I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, but it was just about worship and talking about how um, there's individual um, things in, in nature that work together as groups um, to do specific things. So we mentioned like birds flocking, mm-hmm. um, mentioned fish in the sea that kind of come together in groups. And it's just when you see these fish in the sea that come together as um, groups and they can just do these amazing things and they're all synchronized in what they're doing. And it's just something that's beautiful out in nature. And he was talking about how that actually brings glory to God with what they're doing. Mm. Um, but those are not human beings. Um, and they're bringing glory to God in their own way, but it's almost instinctual or something that God put it th- in them to actually do. Um, but human beings have been given um, basically a different means to do that. We're supposed to consciously, consciously come together um, yeah. and actually worship God, bring glory to God. So it's something that doesn't, it's not just something that comes out of us instinctually or innately. It's something that we have to have to actually think about and then choose to do. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I like that because it, it gets into this, just this whole idea of what is order. And we believe is that God is the one who has created order to exist. He's the one who, who wrote the rule book, right? Yeah. He's the one that, that made it true that if you, don't sleep, <laughs> things are not going to go well for you, right? Yeah. So he created the order of the day and the night, the, the, the rising and the setting of the sun, and we have this just natural instinct that, oh, like, I get sleepy and tired when the sun goes down, this thing that God clearly created. And so, it has, you know, this secondary piece of, I need to 
obey this order for things to go well for me. Right. 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 So we, 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 we see that all over the place. So any, any, um, example of order is doing what you just said. It's, it's, it's pointing us to like something that like anybody, anybody can look, you don't have to have a understanding of God to look at this, you know, this flying V in the sky and say, that's pretty cool. Right. We were out last night and one of my kids saw exactly that. And she, she thought it looked like a heart because there's a few like scattered in the middle. She's like, dad, look, the birds are in a heart. (laughs) It's like, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's basically kind of a dual purpose. So they obviously have uh, an an earthly purpose, you might say, of that makes it easier for them to fly long distances. But the ultimate purpose, again, from a creation Mm -hmm. um, perspective is no, that they do that because that's what's glorifying to God. That's the way that God created them and they're functioning in the way they're functioning in alignment with the way that he created them. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, the second piece of this, it's not just to glorify God. It's not just to be within his order because that could very quickly like turn into this, this really like gross white knuckled Mm -hmm. obedience. Right. So there's a, this, this answer here has, very intentionally also part two of enjoy him forever. So one of the um, <clears throat> sightings I've got for this is from uh, Psalm 144. And this is actually um, intentionally from new King James for some of these words that I've found often come up in the new King James translation. It says happy, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Yeah. So like the, the, the emotional side of this, the enjoyment of order is a piece of this. Yeah. Like we're, we're not just meant to live in a way that um, is clearly ordered instead of chaotic, but in that order, the, the, the right end to it is the enjoyment of it. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can throw Psalm 1 in there too. Psalm 1 verse 2, it says, but his delight is, Mm, so it mm -hmm. starts off with blessed is the man, right? So happy is the man, you could say. Verse 2 is, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And and it's not necessarily just talking about God's law in terms of Ten Commandments and um, what was written um, down, um, came down from Mount Sinai, but that that law is reflecting the character of God, right? So it's delighting in who God is um, that is that the man is how a man is blessed, how a man is actually happy. So yeah, back yeah. to the enjoyment there. Right. Yeah. So this is kind of this really big overarching idea. And it's like, Hey, I don't think we've turned anybody away yet. <laughs> right? right. This right. is, this is something that's kind of, it, it's fairly easy to l- look at not even that much of kind of the, the full breadth of, scripture and be able to pull this out <clears throat> to say, okay, this is what we are here for. Yeah. And so now this kind of next step is to say, all right, if that's true and if, if happy are the people whose God is the Lord, then, okay, Jesus is Lord and he is Lord over everything. And over every square inch of life. So, famous, famous quote from 
Abraham Kuyper says, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, so that means that he's, he has authority over all things, that means that everything answers to him. Mm-hmm. That means that there's nothing outside um, of his reign mm-hmm. um, and rule. So there's nothing that can function on its own. There's nothing that can decide. Here's here's the the right way or the best way, or the good, true, beautiful way of of doing. Um, you know whatever whatever they're doing. All has to answer to, and has to be seen in the context of okay, this is Christ's kingdom. Yeah, that we're in. So I was, you, you, you referenced Abraham Kuyper, um, somebody more recent would be, would be Doug Wilson. And again, you mentioned people not losing people. Maybe we just lost them by saying <laughs> that. But, um, in his kind of explanation of all of Christ for all of life, he mm-hmm. says, so what does Christ bring us? The answer of course is life. But if we misunderstand this, we will think of this life as an extra juice to help us do whatever we already are doing. But that is not life, that it, it is supercharged death. Life reintegrates. Life overcomes the countless separations. Life knits everything back together again in a similar manner as we are told in the Psalms that a baby is knit together in his mother's Mm -hmm. womb. Life ties things together, and this is why Christ is our life. In Christ, all things hold together. He sends a spirit, and a spirit gathers up all our unraveled lives. As he does this, he is not content to do it with just a few things. He integrates everything as far as the curse is found. Mm. So this is what we're after all of Christ for all of life. So that's kind of the, the theme that they've adopted. Um, um, of course his, his ministry there, but he's also coming from a Calvinistic um, perspective. He's coming from a, even a Westminster perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would consider himself Kuyperian as well. Um, so kind of that whole strain of what we've seen throughout church history of men kind of thinking through these things um, is what has brought him to think, yeah, okay, all of Christ is all of life. Now, the the question is, what does that actually look like, Yeah, you know, in life? Yeah, right. So um, one of the things you got here is 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. <clears throat> so when we get these these big phrases, like whatever you do, it's one of those things that, is kind of pointing us to, okay, scripture's not going to speak to everything, mm-hmm. but it is, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not going to speak to everything in a way that is like an instruction manual because that's not what the word of God is. Yeah. It's not going to speak to things in a, in a step-by-step type of uh, pragmatic, tactical, process-oriented book, but what it is saying is something about everything right right here whatever you do do all to the glory of god so one of the the kind of funny ideas that is really helpful to explain this is you you ask is there a is there a christian way to change a tire yeah and we believe the answer to that is wholeheartedly yes absolutely and like the car existed thousands of years was created thousands of years after the canon of scripture is already closed. (laughs) Right. So how can there be, how can there be a Christian way to change a tire? Well, 
everything we know from this book, from the divinely inspired word of God, tells us about how should I approach any task. Right. So changing a tire. Uh, it's, it's, here's what it's not going to look like. It's not going to look like, um, complaining about it. It's not going to look like being anxious about it. It's not going to look like grumbling about it. It's not going to look like getting angry at somebody else by, because they're interrupting, you're doing it. You know, it's like, we know all of these things about what it would look like for you who is in Christ to do this simple, silly task of, undoing some lug nuts and changing a tire, right? Well, it's not going to look like ignoring that you need the tire change. Right. It's not going to look like doing it improperly. Right, either. right, right. Yeah. So Cornelius Vientil is a quote that, you know, kind of speaks to this. He says, the Bible is authoritative on everything of which it speaks. Moreover, it speaks of everything. Mm. So mm-hmm. it it's, again, it, it's all of life, all of Christ, and we, we, the, we have the revealed word of Christ, um, written word of Christ in, in scripture and obviously of the living word in Christ himself. So we have, you know, everything we need, the Bible says for, for life and godliness. So that's everything we need, um, in, in life, everything that we would do. Um, we have a direction of, of how that's supposed to be done. Now it might not, like you're saying, speak specifically to, it's not a manual for changing your tire, mm-hmm. but I would say no matter what it is you're doing, especially if it's extremely important thing in life that you're doing, um, you should first look to see if scripture does say anything about it yeah, yeah, yeah. before you just start taking a secular view. I think that's one of the things that we probably want to speak out against the most is just um, th- assuming that the Bible s- doesn't speak to, um, in, in our realm, health, mm-hmm. um, and therefore taking your direction on how to think about health, your health, your family's health from yeah. a secular worldview. Yeah. You want to have at least a Christian worldview on uh, and impacting everything that you're actually doing, mm-hmm. right? Influencing everything that you're going to be doing in life. Yeah. 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 That's good. So w- one of the ways that we could already start to lose people is by, so even kind of drawing back to our, this, this first idea of how God is Lord over not just our mind, not just our soul, not just things of within the spiritual realm of our physical bodies too, right? So to say something like Jesus is king of my heart, well, yes, he is and everything else as well, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's not, he's not just sovereign over the spiritual realm. He's not just sovereign over your internal being. Yeah. He's sovereign over everything, right? Yeah, not just your heart, but your mind, your will, your emotions, and you know, what the Bible would kind of describe as the heart. He's he's mm-hmm. over everything about you. Mm-hmm. He has a authority over that. But that comes from, you know, as we just kind of continue to go down this, like you said, linear path, um, coming from a reform perspective, confessional perspective, and then just kind of believing um, more a Kyperian perspective in terms of that Christ is Lord over everything. There's not a one square inch where Christ doesn't say mine and has authority over it. But also within kind of the Kyperian perspective, there's these, um, what he calls different spheres of life. So when he thinks about, okay, how do I actually... Um, how does this apply to my life? How do I go and then have somewhat of a system to mm-hmm. go and interact with this thing that we call life? Um, so he has these, um, this sphere sovereignty concept um, that he talks about. And within that, that sphere sovereignty, he, he 
There's a, a few different ways of, of looking at this, but kind of the three major spheres, I would say, from a biblical perspective. Um, number one, starting with that God is sovereign over all the spheres, no, no matter how many mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. that all of them, again, look to Christ as their king. But then from a biblical perspective, there is this sphere of the family. Um, there's a sphere of government, so church government, and then civil government. Mm-hmm. So those kind of three major spheres um, from a Kuiperian perspective really just kind of encompass everything, every sort of um, everything in life that you're going to come up against kind of fall under, you know, one of those actual spheres. Um, so what we would want to be talking about is, again, answering the question of this con- this statement that we're making in terms of Christian Christian men stop killing your families um, within these spheres all of them have a head right all of them have um, somebody who's kind of the the one that you look to that says okay there's this government that you're that there's that exists but then there's a head of the government and within the family um, the man the the husband the father is the the one that has been called the headship, mm-hmm. right? He's the federal head, you could say, the covenantal head mm-hmm. um, that is really responsible um, for whatever happens within that, that sphere. And the Bible would give certain aspects of life to that sphere of government, which would mean that the man of the house is responsible for those particular things of life. Um, and if they're not happening, then you would want to look to the man to say, what's it, it, there's potential for abdicating this responsibility. And that's kind of the main thing that we're, we're pointing at here. Yeah. 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 So I think already, <clears throat> even before kind of digging into how we even work that down into the end point here, um, there's, we've, we're already butting up against another potential um, kind of false belief that not only is Jesus not, not just, king of my heart and lord over my soul he's also not just king and lord over the church yeah that's not the 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 church is not his only domain yeah (laughs) right it's it's not just that okay christians who are a part of the church and you've got this the bible that tells you what to do and you know you're you're kind of opting into this exclusive club that has these certain rules it's like no that's that's not that's not what we see in within scripture it's not that just these people are the only ones who like are under this authority and that it, and it's really easy to see that who's who's the one who who created the who created gravity right yeah god's the one who created gravity everybody has to submit to the order of gravity yeah but you don't necessarily have to acknowledge its its creator and its lord <laughs> right. right right so it, it, in the same way like jesus is lord over the civil government, Jesus is Lord over your family and over you as an autonomous, well, confusingly autonomous being. (laughs) Um, But like, whether you believe that or not, whether you submit to that authority or not now or in the future, like Mm -hmm. it is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the created order, right? That's the way that God um, designed things. I mean, and he tells us, um, in, in Matthew 28 and what we call the Great Commission, he says that, that all authority in, in heaven and on earth 
has been given to Christ. Um, so that kind of speaks to what we've already said, right? That, that everything in the created order is under the Lordship of Christ. But then he says, therefore, because of that, right, because I've been given all authority, he then charges his people, his disciples to then go and, and disciple the nations, right? So it's saying, look at every nation that's out um, in this world that I've created and go disciple, go disciple them, go teach them everything that I've taught you, teach them to observe everything that I've taught you. Um, he also says baptize them, but that's a whole other thing that we can <laughs> maybe get into in the future. But um, he's telling them, go and, and so he's saying, hey, he doesn't say, just go and you know live your life now that you're kind of under uh, my authority. You're going to live into a world that's not under my authority, so go just try to survive. He doesn't say that, right? He says, hey, I've been given all authority. This place is mine now. Mm-hmm. Go out and tell other people that, that this place is mine basically is what he's saying, which is very similar to the beginning um, of time when God created us in the beginning and says, hey, go be fruitful and multiply. So he created this earth and then he created Adam and Eve and he said, go be fruitful and multiply, go spread, go proliferate, go multiply, make more people um, and go take dominion over this place that I call earth. (coughs) Um, He kind of says a similar thing in Matthew 28. He's saying, okay, this place has been lost but it's still mine. Now I'm recharging you. I'm yeah. recommissioning you to go out and do a very similar thing, be fruitful and multiply um, and spread my kingdom across the planet. That's uh, that's what he's calling, calling us to. But you mentioned that, you know, this is, so there's, this is a, what, the easiest way to say it is a Kuyperian perspective. Now I don't necessarily think it originated with Abraham Kuyper, but he's the one that kind of popularized it and just gave it, just organized yeah, it, organized it. And, um, but there's people who wouldn't think like this. They would think that Christ is only the king sure. over the spiritual things. He is only the king over the church and the rest of it. Although at some point, right, maybe when he comes back in, in the end, at his second coming, he will kind of make this whole place new, which includes the earth. Um, but then is when he's actually going to be, be <clears throat> reigning. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, when you think of it like that, then again, you're kind of separating his rule. Like he has a certain type of rule which is they call this the two kingdoms approach, the certain type of rule over spiritual things and then another type of rule over kind of physical things or external and internal might be the language that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we're saying. Right. We're saying more. No, Christ is Lord over everything, which has that has consequences for how we interact with that, right? If we believe it or not, if we choose to um, live in alignment with that truth, um, or not, then there, there's going to be blessings. There's going to be curses that come. Yeah. Yeah. So we established kind of these three governments, the government of the family, the government of the church, and the, the civil government. And within these governing bodies, um, each of them has separate responsibilities. So this is, this is kind of how this organization helps us um, categorize things. So, um, the, the easiest one to look at the role of the civil government, their role is to be the one who, who bears the sword, mm. be the one who punishes evil and praises good, support good and, and deal with evil, yep. right? Yep. That's their role to, to, to be the one kind of this 
really what it is is creating this kind of external governing body um, to uphold justice. And ultimately, we know that God is God is just. He is the the one who. Um, you know, the only one who is truly just, and he has, he's the one who tells us what is justice. Um, and so the, yeah, the, the, the role of that is simply to, to kind of be the one who, who administers that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's coming primarily from Romans 13. Um, you know, Peter also says something about it in his, his letters. Um, but just to read some of this, you know, Romans 13, 1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's just another example of you know, God actually cares about more than just your heart. He cares about more than just the church. He cares about all of his created order. Mm-hmm. And he wants to see his the reign of Christ, the reign of his son, be spread over all of created order. Yeah. Um, and no authority can even be taken unless it was given by him. So yeah, he's the one who gave the authority to Christ. And now again, he wants to see that, that authority play out. Yeah. So you might be thinking, okay, what the heck does civil government have to do with where we're headed with health? But hopefully, hopefully you're not surprised and hopefully you are connecting some dots to understand and realize that, health and government have been um we'll get there but very 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 inappropriately intertwined yeah over the past couple of years yeah right so i think the way that you would say this is the, the government has stepped outside of its jurisdiction yeah right so health would be we'll get to how the health is going to fall underneath the family sphere of government <coughs> Um, Spoiler but alert! Typically, the government has stepped into, especially in the last two years, yeah, has and, stepped and, into that role. But also, but also, so yes to a lot of that, and even gotten to the point where, like, they understand their role of of punishing evil and praising good to an extent, right? And even just in a really nasty way weaving that into this is how we're going to deal with this thing that we shouldn't be touching. <laughs> yeah. Right. By, by speaking to it and going after it from a, a position of, of morality in a position of like uh, <sighs> ethics and all this kind of stuff that it's like, boy, it, it, it has gotten really messy. So we'll definitely come back to some of that, but that's the civil government. The church, we, we should kind of understand this pretty well. Preach the word, administer the sacraments, shepherd the flock, um, and, and kind of be the one who is, is pushing out the truth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Within the government of the family, we have things like commerce and education and, for our purposes today, health falling under the the responsibility in the domain of the family. Yeah. Right? Within this established government that has um, its head in the husband, in the father, um, it is it is within your responsibility to take care of these things. And mm-hmm. and health being one of them. Right. Right? So 
Okay, we've said already, Jesus is Lord, he's Lord over all things, health is a thing, <laughs> and now, even even kind of more tangible, more like closer to what does this look like, we also know that the issues of health, because this is a thing that Jesus is Lord over, he's going to work that out, and he wants that to be worked out and taken responsibility over within the family. So, (laughs) if that's true, that means your health, the health of yourself and your family, is a thing that you, Christian man, as the head, are responsible for taking dominion over. Yeah. For not not just a thing that you know it it's it's a a box on your checklist right you you got to make sure you know like that you got to pay the bills for that or whatever right. but it's taking dominion over that thing means working towards its well-being and its flourishing yep right yeah and i think <clears throat> i guess maybe you could say intuitively but um just even a basic understanding of your responsibility as the man of the house should be um, protecting your family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we could get, we could take the principle of what's a, what's a man's role is to provide and protect, um, provide for and protect their family, which comes from, you know, tending and keeping the garden, mm-hmm. which was God's charge to Adam in the beginning. Um, so that's kind of the role of the, the federal head. Um, so if somebody were to come at your family with a gun, you know, and be threatening to kill them, so go after their health, you know, they would, uh, the, the role of the man is to prevent that from happening, right? To protect, um, his family from some sort of, um, present danger. So what we would want to say is that it's not just a black and white principle, right? Meaning you, you only have to think about this when there's somebody coming at you with a gun that might mm-hmm. take the life of your, of your family, yeah. of your wife and children. It's no, there's things that actually, um, can negatively impact, and obviously we're using the word kill, your family that aren't as acute or immediate as somebody coming at you with a gun. Um, the Really, the only difference is um, time, you could say, um, sure. in one sense, sure. yep. of yep. these dangers that, that come, at, come at people, come at right. people you're responsible for. Right, that's good. So we've, we've established that you, you as a man, as the head of the house, you are responsible for this stuff. Pull in. I mean, probably the the most commonly cited verse in kind of this um, context. First, more from First Corinthians six. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So we 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 see that your physical body is important, and honestly. Even to this point, there's still probably a lot of people who are dragging right with us. Yes and amen, right? But now here's the divide is there are probably plenty of men who are with us all the way here. And then the thing that, so, so basically what, what we've proven to this point is that you need to do something here. You have a responsibility to to take action here and to, you know, have dominion over this specific area. 
So, for a lot of men, what that means, coming all the way back up to the top, is that they pay for their family to have health insurance. Yeah. Right? That's the thing that they do. They hold a job that allows their family to carry health insurance, and then they, they submit all things relating to the health of their family to this, this general practitioner, you know, who, whoever they're going to for is whoever they see as authority over human health. Right. 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 Okay. So like first I want to say yes and amen to like, men who actually look at it that way, <laughs> right? Who actually see um, the health of their family as um, something that is their responsibility and see like it, it, you know, maybe you're making sacrifices of holding a certain job because like, hey, this is a thing that it offers me and, and I need to do this. And yes, we, I can agree with the, um, the rationale to get to that point, right? This is where the big, big divide comes. <laughs> yeah. As Christians, we are also committed to truth, beauty, and goodness. Yep. And we see very clearly, very clearly, that the entire Western system of medicine is not mm-hmm. right. They are often under the guise of some of these values, but operating in a way. And, and really at this point, we've gotten so far from whatever inflection point started this, that it's like, it's so far off base for what is truly good for the human, what truly promotes health, what truly promotes physical vibrancy, um, it, it's so far off course. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Yeah. And again, I think it's, I mean, you mentioned whatever inflection point started this. I think it's, uh, I guess maybe it started when people stopped thinking the Bible spoke to everything. Mm, sure. Um, sure. Meaning... So they can take a principle of, even if they, like you're saying, agreed with us on everything in terms of, oh, yeah, the man is responsible for the health care of, um, of his family, and he should be um, intentional about w- the, the welfare, the health care of his family. But then where does he get his information? Where does he get his, what principles is he basing um, how to take care of his family mm-hmm. off of? Um, and th- I think what we've done there is we've left anything that scripture might say about it, but we've also left what natural revelation would say mm. about it mm-hmm. of just what, how do we see the world working? How do we yep. see God's created order working? Yep. Um, and principles that come from that, or you could even say laws that come from that. Um, and instead we've just kind of submitted to whatever the authority is in the secular part of our, of this world. Um, and whatever information they pass on down to us. So, but you could do that and think, oh yeah, I am, you know, obedient in this place Mm -hmm. because 
I'm that this is how I take responsibility for mm-hmm. the, the welfare of my of my family. Mm-hmm. I think that's just being lazy, um, right? And th- that's not like I'm not trying to demean anybody. No, with that I'm just saying it's it's coming from laziness because there is so much that comes at a man, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we do have a lot of responsibility. We do have a lot of things that we need to be um, paying attention to and making sure are in order. Um, so when there's something like health, um, that we don't fully understand and, you know, we're not even here to say that we know absolutely everything about it. Um, it is something that's just very easily ignored. So there's a lot of ignorance there and potentially there's a lot of slothfulness with trying to figure out what is the right way to do these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the big issue here is that, um, at some point you it is it is it is wise for you to seek um seek somebody who knows more about <laughs> stuff than you do right in in most every circumstance like y- you need to be a learner submitted to somebody who who like rightfully knows what's going on and you need to learn from them right the the huge 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 problem here is that what is extremely common and 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 all over the place within this realm of health and everywhere you look um boy it's not good yeah (laughs) it is it is not good at all and one of the things i wrote down here was um a lot of people turn to whatever is you know quote-unquote conventional wisdom in for for health philosophy the truth is conventional wisdom is 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 far from real wisdom right (laughs) it's far from really engaging with this subject in a way that is honoring to god um that you would be able to see and uncover the massive amounts of um just just i don't even know what to broadly label it but chaos that's happening within the realm of health especially american health (laughs) right 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 yeah i mean so this was uh i'm not going to remember exactly what he said maybe you can help me but i sent you something that came from this other podcast that i was listening to and it's these three um professors of you know systematic theology and historian and one's a pastor and so they try to come at you know topics cultural topics from a christian worldview um, and he was he was giving his they were talking about the topic of um, justice and reality, I think was the title of it, but they got into abortion a little bit, and they were just kind of talking about how um, people are now trying to say that abortion is health care mm, and right, right. Um, he's saying that how you could get there is you have a misunderstanding of what health care mm, actually mm-hmm. is, what the definition of it is, and he said something along the lines of and we could potentially even bring it up where, where he says that healthcare is doing something that allows the body to function as it was created to function, yeah. something like that, Yeah. right? Um, and then if you look at what's happening in an abortion, um, you know, that's not allowing the, the body to, to actually function the way that it's normally functioning. So if you took that definition, then mm-hmm. there's no way that you could say abortion is, is healthcare. Right. Well, we're talking about something very similar, right? Because I actually even commented on that um, YouTube video and said, you know, so his name is Glenn Sunshine. I said, Glenn's quote um, 
if you take Glenn's definition of healthcare, then most of what medicine does is healthcare. <laughs> um, because they're, they're, I mean, by definition, what yeah. they're doing with specifically medications and many times even surgeries, they're working against the normal natural function of the body. Right. And sometimes it's absolutely necessary, right? It's life-saving. And again, thank God for that. Thank God for the, you know, modern medicine and the, the purpose that it has to help people in emergency situations to save life and relieve suffering. But unfortunately, that's not the way that most medicine is, is practiced now. It's mostly, hey, let's try to mitigate these particular symptoms, which those symptoms are just natural functions of the body. And we're working against those to try to eliminate them, right? To try to mask them. So th that's just one example of what you're saying of, yeah. we just assume from conventional wisdom that this is the right way to take care of your health. And maybe it is, right? Maybe it is, but all really what we're saying um, is we don't think it is. And we are calling people to actually think critically, think deeply about this particular topic, um, not because we think it's fun to think about it or because we think it's interesting and a good idea, but we believe that the Bible's calling you to actually take responsibility in this particular mm -hmm. area of life. Mm -hmm. So if you're not critically thinking about what's the right way to do this thing and just assuming that whatever's coming down from conventional wisdom is accurate, then it would be a form of... Um, not taking responsibility properly in this particular area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that's like the the scenario you just described of the you know system of Western medicine really having these uh, these these tools that um, <clears throat> in certain circumstances are are vital in the most appropriate thing, but um, for most <laughs> most circumstances. Yeah. Are completely, completely counter uh, productive. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just, just this idea of like, what tools do you have in your tool belt, right? If if the only tool, so so a jackhammer, is a phenomenal tool, right? You you need to like destroy something. Yeah. You like that is that is going to make a job that would take days by hand and complete it in an hour, yeah. right? This is a phenomenal tool. Right. You can only do one task with that tool. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 that, that is made for one thing and one thing only. <laughs> and like... Don't, if, don't use it to put a nail in your wall. And, yeah, right. And if, and if the only... Like, if... There, there's so much work to be done. And if the only thing you ever use as a tool is this jackhammer things would be a disaster. Yep. And it's so easy to see that when like you, you put it in that context, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Right. You, you, you take something that's meant to be, um, and designed to be used in a very emergent circumstance. Mm -hmm. And those are the tools that you apply to things that are, plaguing people in just chronic everyday ways. Yep. Boy, this, this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just even to add a layer to this and this is probably going down a, a somewhat of a, a rabbit hole, but, um, so we listened to this podcast, both of us listened to it, didn't, weren't listening to it together, but we both had listened to it and then both of us text the same guy about it. What's um, funny is that's a, that's a, uh, <laughs> it's total off thing. The thought of listening to a podcast with somebody is just a very strange idea yeah, to me. Sure. 
Well, I said we were listening to this. Anyway, it was about thinking, again, thinking critically about where is your invest, where are you investing your money? Mm-hmm. Are you investing your money solely for the purpose of making money? which I think most people do just blindlessly, whatever's going to make me money, do it. But then are the companies that you're investing in companies who again are supporting abortions or, you know, some type of like immoral, unethical practice. Um, So the, 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 the guy that was on the podcast basically was just calling Christians to actually think about this. Right. Um, I think the same thing applies here. Like, so not only do we believe just even the overall philosophy of medicine potentially should be questioned, um, but it's also like if it was back, you know, I don't even know how long, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, maybe 100 years ago, where it was just kind of the family doctor, general practitioner, where he would come in, hear what you had going on, and then he would try to first first do no harm, which is the call to all doctors, mm-hmm. and then try to help you with something to, again, restore the health of whoever came in there with. But now it's wrapped up in just this whole business model of, hey, let's just try to see as many people as we possibly can. Let's try to perform as many procedures as we possibly can. And, and I'm not in any way trying to speak against, you know, making money or, or, or growing a, a, you know, trying to grow your business. Um, but if it's done in an unethical way, right. right, if it's done in, in a way that's not glorifying, honoring to God, then that's also something that Christians should be, should be questioning and, and, and you know, fighting back against, I would say. Yeah, right. And it, and it, I think it's because of the subject matter that makes it this, this like untouchable thing. because we're talking about people because we're talking about life and death because we're talking about people's health it's like there's there's this hedge of protection over this whole system that is like we got to do what needs to be done because people are dying out there yeah right yeah and again that's it's that same it's that same like emergency type of mindset that's leading to the cover-up of the just complete chaos that is the financial side of right. Western medicine. But like, yeah, under this, under this guise that, Oh, we're, we're caring for people. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're ripping them off and l- leaving them out to die. Yeah. Like to, to suffer and die. That's, that's, that's the reality. That's what's going on. People are getting ripped off and they're, they're physically suffering and dying. Yeah. Point blank. Yeah, I mean, and that's obviously we're, we're painting there with a broad brush. I mean, there's definitely, I think, people within that system that wouldn't be um, functioning in that way, but it's a system but that's again, functioning. Right, right. again, um, it's like, it, it, this, is, this is the truth about what is happening within this system. And while, you know, y- you might only be this one person who, you know, you, you, you take people's payments, right? Yeah. Like, such a benign cog in this whole thing. Uh, like still participating. You're participating, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> the last 15 minutes we just threw up, we just layered upon stuff there <laughs> that makes it somewhat go, it pulls away from like the original charge that we're trying to, to make well, so, yeah. But it, it also lets us know, I guess it brings up a good point of, like what we're trying to start here in doing this and talking about this, we we have a, a long-term vision for, right? We, we're we not trying to say, hey, everybody just make, needs to make this change and then everything's going to be roses and rainbows. We know that there's a lo- there's layer upon layer upon layer of what's got us to where we're at. 
but it's going to start with, we believe, Christian men who are actually thinking critically about this and then make turning a different direction of how they're actually doing things for their specific, for their, for themselves and for their families. And if we can start getting more and more families actually thinking about this and then, you know, functioning in alignment with what they now understand, what they now believe, we know that change is actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see it as part of, you know, what our church talks about of renewing the city, Mm -hmm. um, making disciples of discipling the nations of, of furthering God's kingdom. We see it as part of that. Um, and the good news about all that is Christ tells us that, you know, he's with us to the end of the age in that. So we not only are talking about this because this is kind of up our alley, right? This is the lane that we've chosen to go down to, to participate in the kingdom moving forward, but we also are doing it, um, confidently, right? We're doing it because we believe that it's in alignment with what Christ is already doing and that he's actually going to be victorious in this. So yeah, right. We are, we are rejoicing as we're doing this. Yeah. So to, to, I still, we still have a little bit of a gap, right? We still have a little bit of a gap of between we've gotten to health under the domain of family, men, this is your responsibility to do something about this, to take dominion over this. And now the question is, okay, you, you, you have weeds in the garden, right? That in this instance are health issues, health concerns, how to, how to do something here. You've got weeds, you've got sickness here. The question is, what do you do about them? Mm-hmm. We've, we've said with a, with a big stroke here that, Hey, Western medicine doesn't have the answers here. So let's, let's go back to, okay, what are these problems, right? What do we, what do we look around and see all over the place? Those things are, so leading cause of death in the United States last year, heart disease. Okay. Number two, cancer. Okay. Number three, COVID-19. We won't debate the numbers on that, but this falls under this as well. Then, then we've got, okay, accidents um, with, in this list as well. This is a top 10 list. They're not numbered, so I'm not going to count them. Alzheimer's, diabetes, uh, complications with influenza and pneumonia. All of these things have a common root. They have a common um, <clears throat> what we believe is, is truly the, um, the critical factor in them. And that is, these are all lifestyle diseases, mm-hmm. right? These are the, the thing that needed to be done as intervention for these things was a change in that person's behavior and environment. And so if, if that's true, if things that you are doing or not doing in your lifestyle and environment are the things that have led to the heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, if that's what led to it, and this wasn't just, just a fate, then those are the things that we need to do something about. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's that's uh, you know, back to the whole um, just lack of knowledge in this area, ignorance, you may say. Um, most people don't think like that. Most people don't think that that's the case. They think when they would see that list, um, they think it's due to bad luck. They mm -hmm. think it's due to bad genes. Mm -hmm. They think it's due to bad bugs. Mm -hmm. um, typically, those are the three things that come at us. Um, and from a chiropractic perspective, as I'm a chiropractor, um, we believe that the body gets sick above, down, inside out, meaning there's something um, internal that actually comes against its external environment. And if it's the internal environment that can't respond or adapt to the external environment, that eventually leads to somebody getting sick, like these things that you listed on there, where medical thinking, and I think this is the philosophy that most people have, even if they don't even understand that they have a philosophy, that people get sick outside in, right? That something comes from the outside inside them and actually makes them, makes them sick. Um, but it's mostly what's happening, what environment is going on internally, and then how's that environment interacting with your external environment that is what makes somebody actually I don't necessarily even want to say the word sick, but unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. It's where you mm -hmm. lose health um, and eventually start to, we start to put names on it, right? Yeah. Your body starts to function so poorly that we started to put names on it, like heart disease and cancer sure. and yep. diabetes and depression and all that stuff. Yeah. Where does that come from? Though? Well, again, that comes from understanding the way that God created the world. Right. Right. It's not... Um, you know, what, what is, what does conventional wisdom say about health? It's, well, let's just actually look and think through, well, how does God create the world where he created human beings to adapt to the world, mm -hmm. right? We should understand that. That's why we lift weights, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we lift weights because we know our muscles, something internal adapts to the external environment that we're putting it in. Um, same thing happens with our lifestyle, how you eat, right? How you're moving your body, how you're sleeping. Are you exposed to toxins? Are you resting? All of the things that we talk about all the time are um, how the, the internal environment is interacting with the external environment, and those two things come together to determine how healthy somebody's going to be. That's part of natural revelation. That's just how the body was created to actually function mm -hmm. within the created world, within the created order. Yeah. So... <coughs> this this probably feels very nuanced very specialized it probably feels like a thing that like it, you have this massive uh gap of knowledge on right and to that i would say yes you probably do <laughs> and that doesn't hold you back in a lot of other areas yeah right like there's plenty of men who know every square inch of their vehicle and by golly, that's, that's pretty darn complicated, right? Yeah. Like Alex might know a lot about the human body, but he looks at his truck and like, you know, fears, fears the, the complexity of something going wrong there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it's not to say that you don't have what it takes to understand this. And, and this is an area where like you are specifically called to, to have dominion over, right? You know, it, indirectly you're going to have 
things like knowing how to take care of your vehicle and your house and all that type of stuff. But I would say there's probably more, um, there's more room to refer to an expert in those areas um, than there is here, right? Right. There, there's, there's like, you need to have some investment in this area because um, there's more at stake for for you to to know for certain that that things are going well. Right. 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 Um, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a, just to use the car um, example, like I could know nothing about cars, but me kind of taking responsibility there is taking it to somebody who does know everything about cars and making sure whatever mm-hmm. needs to get done is getting done. Mm-hmm. Can't really do that with your body, right? Like if your body needs to change, like you can't really, although you can go get help with that sure. by going to somebody who understands more about what you should be eating, how right. you should be moving, right. like you still have to go and do whatever is required. Um, and you still have to be an example for the people that you're going to be telling to do this particular thing, um, which would be your, your family. Mm-hmm. So um, you can't really be telling your family to do things about your health and expect them to do things about their health if you're not doing it. Um, so that just also falls kind of in, in that category of taking responsibility over this thing. Right, right. Because the nature of the issue of the driver <clears throat> is lifestyle and behavior. Like therein lies the solution as well. You, there, there is no mechanic of the body <laughs> that you can go to and, and pay them to do the work for you. Right. Like in, and it's also not a, uh, like isolated issue that needs needs some focused work to be fixed all the time, right? Right. Like, okay, if you you broke a bone and that needs to be, or you got something that like is dislocated and needs to be reset, like, sure, there's something specific that needs to happen there. But m- most of these issues, come pulling back to where we started, the things that are killing us at astronomical rates are coming from what we are doing every single day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it, we kind of this last note here we have is it, it's this cause and effect type of relationship or to use biblical languages of reaping and sowing. Right. Yeah. Like we, we understand this idea with sin. We understand this idea when we're looking at something that um, we can clearly identify as sinful behavior and trace it back to the the root right yeah but we haven't we haven't done that with health mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't gone to the point of okay what is truly responsible for this thing what is truly responsible um in the in the driver of this issue right <clears throat> yeah and and done the work to figure that out Nope, <coughs> we have not. So, Christian men, stop killing your family. And we want to help you. And we want to. <laughs> and we want to help you. We want to help you stop. Just quit doing that, right? Yeah. This is this is this is the point. Is the the massive driver of of sickness, death, and, and disease is all of these lifestyle factors that we're, we're preaching day in and day out. Those are the things that are, are that make a difference there, right? This is, this is, 
we can say with with 80 to 90 percent odds that this is how your family members are going to suffer and die we need to do something about it it's it is it is our responsibility to do something about it Mm -hmm. right yeah and and, well we don't have to say anything else (laughs) there's a lot there's all kinds of stuff so we realize we realize that we uh we brought up a lot we realize that there might be lots of questions. We realize there might be lots of uh, ruffled feathers, like we said at the start. Might be some some disagreements, some pushback. Um, we want to hear all of it, right? Yeah. And if if one of the things that's coming out of this is some conviction, um, by golly, we want to help with that too. Um, so reach out. We want to hear from you. Let's see what happens here.